Reese, Bibbs, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys gonna do tonight, man. Mavs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Welcome back yet again to the Mavs Outsiders Podcast. I am your host, as always, Mike Bibbins, on Twitter at Bibbs Corner. Joined, as always, by my ho- co host, excuse me, Maurice Williams, at Minder Reese on Twitter. Reese, how you holding up? Uh, holding up good. You know, I still got that cough post COVID, but you know, uh, you won't let me hear the end of it. So I just want to put that out there before you catch me slipping. Uh, in one of these <laughs> mid conversations, and I start wheezing. But uh, other than that, I'm doing fine. Uh, shout out Splash Mountain. You know, I'm definitely doing fine after that dub yesterday. Uh, yeah, that was definitely a lot of fun. I can't talk too much about the cough because I have developed a little bit of a cough myself. I think that's uh, old age. It's seasonal allergies, old age is probably a combination of the two. Uh, but before we get too off track, I do have to introduce our guest. Lauren Gunn, uh, spoke with you last year before the season. Back then it was the Blue Hardwood podcast. Now you're doing the gunshot with your brother. Uh, you write it for Mavs Money Ball. Uh, it's been fun watching. I, I enjoy watching other people succeed. So it's been fun <laughs> from the, a distance seeing your growth. So how, what's the journey been like for you so far? Oh, man. Well, I appreciate that. And first, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I, uh, man... I don't know the the past like year, year and a half has been kind of crazy. There's just, there's been some, some conversations that I've, I've been able to have that I don't really think that I ever thought I'd be having. Um, and so I just, I don't even really know how to explain it. It's all been a little bit of a whirlwind, but it's been fun to continue to speak with everyone on Mavs Twitter and kind of expand that. And I'm slowly trying to start into, to tap into other fan bases kind of, selfishly from a Mavs perspective to try and get an idea of like who's available and like who maybe fans (laughs) don't really like as much or like just trying to get some intel on other players I think that that's a really fascinating and valuable part of sports Twitter even though as we've seen sometimes maybe fan accounts aren't always maybe the most on point but if you kind of you if you kind of take the outliers that typically somewhere in the middle you can kind of gauge your opinion so I just I don't know. As time goes on, it's just continue. It's it's super fun to continue to to chat with everyone and uh, just I don't know, be a part of of any conversation for sure. Awesome, awesome. I um, I can imagine those conversations get pretty interesting um, <laughs> behind the scenes. So media day mm-hmm. um, was it last week, week before? Mm-hmm. Uh, Would have been I guess was that your first time covering a live event? And if so, what was that experience like? Yeah. So that, that was my first, my first, uh, event. Um, it was, or where I was, I was obviously over zoom. Um, and so that was kind of a unique experience, just kind of chatting with the other people who typically do it from year to year and they're in person. Uh, but it was a really good kind of, um, like getting your feet wet moment because not having to like be in there and kind of like run before you're walking like getting to ask those questions over zoom and to kind of feel it out see how it goes see who's there what kind of questions they're asking um so it was like it was really cool opportunity i was really glad that i was able to do it because i i think i found out for me oh for media day actually it was it might have been like a couple of weeks before it was the fan jam that i found out like three days before that i was going to get to be going and so um yeah it's it's all been pretty crazy but it's been super fun because everybody everybody's super super nice anyone 
in media that I've met there that has been doing this for a lot longer and are a lot better at it than I am. They're super, super nice, super helpful. So everyone that I've met, it's been really great kind of getting to see them in person and, and getting to see the face behind the screen. Did you uh, get to meet anybody you hadn't previously met? Mm-hmm. Um, Not officially. I'm still okay. waiting on a couple of things, but okay. not officially. <laughs> okay. Keeping it uh. <laughs> that you got to meet some people so uh i guess throughout the people you met what was your favorite experience of being a part of your first media day yeah so for media day man my i guess man that's tough the the, (laughs) my most favorite i guess with media day my most favorite thing was probably getting to ask well, the first question I got to ask was Porzingis, and I did not. I was like, look, Lauren, you're at the bottom of the barrel here. Like, you might not get to ask anything. So just keep your expectations tampered. Um, and so the, when I heard him call my name, I was like, oh, oh, shoot, it's me. And so it was it was pretty cool to be able to do that. And then um, people kind of started leaving, like the Zoom call, they started leaving. And so that really opened up an opportunity for me to um, get to ask more questions, which was great. But then as far as, like, anyone that I met – um and like any experience there on fan jam i was way lost because it was obviously not post covid like we're still very much in covid but like people are as far as like the arena in arena protocols is very different from last year and so um i had no i already had no idea where to go things are already kind of different because of that and so when i get there i'm like just trying to i don't know just keep swimming and not sink i guess and i actually ran into dwayne price and I was like, this guy's gonna have no idea who I am, but I don't, I don't care. I got, I just gotta ask. And so I was like, do you mind if I follow you around to like get an idea of like the lay of the land? And he was like, yeah, sure, let's go. And we walked around all day, and he kind of was telling me about what goes down and just everything. He was just, he was super, super nice. And so I was super happy to have had that opportunity because I just, it was just pure luck running into him. So uh, very thankful to Dwayne. Well, I feel like uh, being at your first media day is a big step as far as your career goes. So Mm -hmm. what career goals personally do you have for yourself that you'd like to achieve this season? Career goals you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) As far as this season, I don't really know that I have anything super set in stone because to be honest with you guys, and I guess anyone listening, my career goals are not something that are going to be achieved within the next year, maybe two years. It's go. It, I mean, what I'm trying to, where I'm trying to get is going to be kind of a long-term process, but I, so far I've been, I feel like I've been very lucky with how things have already, like I kind of mentioned before, like some of the situations I found myself in or conversations that I've had, I probably never saw that happening. And so um, I'm kind of trying to continue to ride that wave and hopefully uh, get to the space where maybe I'm not necessarily the one asking the questions and maybe I'm the one answering the questions. That's, that's awesome. Um, and Dwayne Price, I'm not even surprised to hear. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a, great. I'm not yeah. <laughs> I like Dwayne. That's awesome. Um, so thank you for, for letting us dig into your background yeah. a little bit and your, your expectations. First of all, to, to know that you're not going to achieve your goals right away, that's that lets you know you're on the right path because yeah. you have a realistic approach. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. It's it's you hard, know, but though. yeah, it could you happen. never know. You never it could know. happen, but you know, there's those people out there that think, you know, I'm going to put out one article and I'm going to blow up. <laughs> it's not, it's just not, it's how it not works. always how it goes. Yeah, at, at all.
So I know you uh you probably got used to hearing bibs for a while on this ad, but uh I'm gonna take over the reins again uh to tell you a bit about our ad, our sponsor, Anchor. Uh back in 2020 during the pandemic, I finally took the opportunity to start my own podcast. The only issue was I had no idea where to start. Um, I didn't have any podcast equipment, uh, no camera, no microphone, you know, uh, any things that you see in a studio. But what I did have was my cell phone, and that's why I discovered the Anchor app. Anchor is the perfect app for new podcasters, for beginning podcasters, for people to start their very own podcast. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, like I mentioned. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast through other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. So it's doing most of the work for you. All you have to do is hit play, press record, and get your work out there to the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And the best thing of all, Anchor is totally free. And on top of it being free, you can acquire your own sponsors like the ad I'm doing right now through Anchor. So you have an app for free that you can possibly make money off of. Seems like a fantastic deal to me. If you're interested in starting your own podcast with the Anchor app, Make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Tell them Reese sent you. So let's get into some math stuff. Mm-hmm. First question is a big one. You can go a lot of different directions with this because there were a lot of changes with this team. So what is your grade for the Mavs offseason overall? And just give us some reasoning behind that grade. Yeah, so I'm going to give it like a, and I feel like this is, people might not like this answer but i'm just gonna give it a flat b because i don't want to be too critical because there were definitely certain things like i guess we'll kind of start at the beginning like when the very first thing that happened was that donnie and the maps were going to go their separate ways and when i saw that i was very surprised by that and my instant reaction was given the history of this relationship i'm really surprised that they're willing to go that far to please Luca and retain Luca. I was just, I was really surprised by that. And so um, that was kind of like a, okay, maybe not a good thing or a bad thing, but just a significant thing. And then the Rick Carlisle stuff was disastrous. But then after time went on, kind of seeing how players felt about him, even it was, and it wasn't so much the words that they were saying, it was the words that they weren't saying. And so um, that I looked at it as a good thing because it was like, you can't keep someone around that isn't in line with the long-term vision. You got to have everybody on the right path. Sure. Like look at Chris Paul and Monty Williams, having that type of interaction is what you need. And so that wasn't what we had. And so addressing that problem, even though it was a little messy, you had to address it. So they do get props for that from me. And so, and then, but then obviously the draft comes, there were a lot of people falling in that draft that I really would have liked Dallas to get, but at the same time, they're kind of in a sticky situation already trying to develop talent and not really having the minutes to give them. So I wasn't, I wasn't 
like, oh man, that really sucks. Or I wasn't surprised that we didn't go after it, but obviously like Sharif falling, Jared Butler, like there were so many guys that fell at us. Anyway, so yeah, oh my God. When I, when I saw the Nets get Cam Thomas, you're kidding me. Anyway, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. And so, and then kind of going into free agency, kind of the same thing that everyone says, we needed the, the secondary playmaker. We didn't get it, not yet, but so we haven't gotten it. And so uh, I do like the additions that we made, but I think that as far as bringing in new personnel, there were certain boxes that they wanted to check that they just weren't able to. I don't, I, I will say that I don't think it means we're doomed. A while back, Isaac Harris said, I need people to remember that like, just because the money doesn't get spent or maybe it doesn't get spent how we want, that doesn't mean you can't make roster changes. It just, it makes it more difficult. And I think that that's a really like perfect way to say it that people need yeah. to keep in mind because there are always moves to be made. If Al Horford can get turned into Danny Green plus this plus like there are always moves to be made. So um, I'm going to give them a B because not just the draft and free agency. There are other things that I think long term will have positive impacts on this team. Okay. Well, uh, a part of the Mavs offseason clearing out the front office was Mm -hmm. bringing in coach Jason Kidd, which, you know, uh, was a polarizing move for most of the fan base. (laughs) But to look on the positive, what positive attributes uh, do you look forward to uh, Coach Kidd bringing to the team this season? Yeah, I mean, so for me, the biggest thing is the youth and diversity of this staff now. I think that that's really, really huge for a team whose leader is someone that is also very young. Um, But you can already kind of see it. And I know some people might not agree with that. Like I see some people on Twitter like, kid is full of crap talking about this KP Luca relationship. I'm not buying it. And I understand like the hesitance, like I I get it. So, but I, I'm choosing to buy into it until I have a reason to be like, okay, he, nope, this is not working. And so um, for me, it's the relationships. It's the, the fact that he's younger, he can relate to some of these guys. Uh, I mean, Rick was a former player, but kid was kind of a more recent former player. So a lot of these guys are more familiar with him. And so, I just think that they can relate to him in certain ways. And so um, I just think he kind of, and and you kind of saw it at media day when they were all talking about, a lot of guys mentioned the positive atmosphere and like the feeling of like, um, just it feeling like just everyone feeling refreshed and like, okay, this is a new era. And so I think just having that is going to mentally help so many guys, Porzingis specifically. Um, But yeah, so I just, there are a lot of questions that I will have regarding the rotation, the X's and O's execution. There are lots of things that will only come out in time, but I do think that the biggest things that he brings to the table are his, his youth um, in comparison to a lot of other head coaches around the league and just the culture that he's starting to set again, that I, I, that could change. And I I pray that it doesn't, I pray (laughs) that it stays good, but there have been, obviously we've read everything that has come out about his former teams and some things. And so I just need to see it. I need to see it for myself. I'm always someone that is watching the player to player interactions um, and trying to see if there's anything more to it, good or bad, that just might not be out in, in the general public, I guess. Right. Right. Um, And I agree with everything you said, you know, I was, very vocal last year about bringing in a young coach that can actually communicate with these guys. Mm-hmm. I think it was pretty obvious that Rick Carlisle was kind of just managing the situation versus actually Over. being a part of it. Yeah. Um, 
And like you said, you can just tell there's a renewed energy within the team, which is huge, especially when you have a young team, you have a guy like KP who has a ton of pressure on his shoulders. Um, to just it looks like that pressure has been relieved somewhat, mm-hmm. and so that gives us the best opportunity to get the the best KP. Right. Um, so with all that said, you know we do still have a young team. Uh, we do have a lot of new players. We have a lot of guys who have shown flashes of potential, maybe haven't quite reached it yet. So, mm-hmm. who's a player that you're expecting to take a big leap, a surprising leap, or uh, just show significant growth from uh, last year to this year? Yeah, I mean, there. To be honest, there. I what I love about this group is that you could make a case for a lot of these guys. And I know that's kind of a cop out answer. I think the most likely answer is probably Jalen Brunson. He averaged what like twelve, three and a half, and three last year. I think he can easily increase those numbers while still maintaining uh, the outside the three point shooting efficiency that he had last year. So uh, I'd say Jalen Brunson is probably the most likely answer, but. Um, there are little things that a lot of these guys can do that I think will make them allow them to, to contribute more to in, in the opportunities that they get. I think Frank is going to do really well in this role. Um, and even like Porzingis, I think with Porzingis, just him being, there will be more consistency in terms of him being engaged on a game to game basis. Like it seemed like last year there were games we'd start off games he'd be fully engaged and we would get like a glimpse of what it would look like when KP and Luca are firing on all cylinders and then it would just vanish. And it was like, Oh my God, if we could just keep incorporating him in the offense or just everybody get on the same page, like what is the problem here? And so I, as of right now, um, I believe, and I am remaining hopeful that that will be, we will get kind of what we're looking for more. So there, uh, there are things that I will need to see from him that I will like be looking for him to prove this next season. But um, there are a little like the, like the engagement I think will have him allow him to be more um, just engaged defensively. There were a couple of moments in the preseason game where I was like, Mm-mm, we can't be doing that. Like <laughs> we can't be doing that. So I I'm going to give him time. I'm not going to be like, Oh, same KP, same, same. I think with time, he will be just fine. Um and at this point, I don't have any reason to think otherwise. Uh, speaking of KP, uh, during media day, Jason Kidd mentioned that he wanted Chris Dodds-Porzingis to play more of the uh, four position. Mm-hmm. So uh, going into the season and after seeing uh, the way they tinkered with the starting lineup a bit yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, what would be your ideal consistent starting lineup yeah. uh, for this season and why? My ideal starting lineup is Luca, Tim, Reggie, Dorian, and KP. Um, I will note by saying if Porzingis is more locked in and more excited about playing the four, then find a way to let him play the four. If Dwight Powell is struggling defending defending opposing fives, but you're getting a locked in KP night to night because he's happy playing the four, that's I'm fine with that trade off (laughs) until you can get that guy that is a better fit next to him at the five. Um, But as of right now, personnel wise, I like the group of Luca, Tim, Reggie, um, Dorian and KP, because I like Jalen Brunson having Maxi and Dwight, those two together as the front court that he works with off the bench. And like Maxi looked good. I mean, it was only one Mm -hmm. preseason game, but he had energy last year. It just looked like towards the end of the season, like like post COVID, he was just, he, he wasn't the Maxi we know. And so I like the idea of having 
those guys and like even even the first the preseason game um there were moments where tim was staying out there or luca was staying out there and you would have Jalen, maxi um and either reggie or somebody and i was like man like i don't hate this one bit and so i think that there's a way to try and to kind of self-create depth um i don't really think moses is going to start like as many games or well i don't know i don't know <laughs> but last night i do not think was an indication of like a starting front court moving forward, but we'll see, I guess. So still, okay. still trying to figure that out. Yeah, I, I can definitely respect that. I think that uh, what I saw last night, which uh, you'll probably agree with is a lot of roster versatility. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you're going to be able to play with the pieces, guys that can play two, three positions, stuff like that. So right, that's exciting to me. Um, and I have to ask you this question. I feel mm-hmm. like you're going to, I feel like I know how you're going to answer it. Go for it. <laughs> Maybe like I'll I surprise you. I'll try. But I'm going to ask you anyway. So uh-huh. the team has been fluffing KP up all offseason. A mm-hmm. lot of nice words. A lot of we're going to do this for him. We're going to do that for him. Mm-hmm. I feel personally like that's putting a lot of pressure on KP as well. Do you, are you willing to put in all your chips on this being a successful KP season and all this, this, these, uh, these, this fluffing play, paying off in the end? You know, I'm never willing, it's rare that I'm willing to put all my chips in on something, <laughs> but um, I I do feel confident as of right now, like okay. from what I've seen from the exchanges that he's had with some of these guys, I do feel good about where he's at. And I also feel good about the coaching staff that he's working with. Uh, I do think that he, re- he likes this new group, um, but time will tell i will say something that i is weird to even think about when you look at the um what is it the like spot track the the, the like uh cap sheet or not cap sheet but it's like the player contracts like moving forward okay. yep. like porzingis's extension feels like it just happened mm-hmm. but if you look at it there's like not that much time left like when you think about how long mm-hmm. we're going to have luca and so um, you see some yeah. of these players opt or not picking up that player option and going and getting a contract somewhere else where it's okay. I'm getting the same amount for like four more years or three more years or whatever it is. So like people that are saying that this situation has us completely handicapped moving forward. I don't agree with that. Uh, I think that there are ways that if they feel like this is a situation that they have to move on from, they will be able to do it. Whether that means waiting it out, which I don't think anybody in the NBA really waits anything out anymore. Uh, I think that they could if they needed to, but as of right now, I don't even think that that's on their mind. And I think Porzingis is in a good place mentally. Uh, I think him and Luca are fine. Um, I, I did see that uh, kind of bringing this back up that some people weren't really buying into what kids said on what was it like first take or something about his, about the whole fake news thing. Not my favorite, not my favorite uh, term, but whatever. Um, I, I, um, yeah, I like as of right now, there's no reason for me to believe that there is any animosity towards between KP and Luca. And there were a couple of moments that I felt like last night. I mean, I was watching them all night because I wanted yeah. to see what did it look like? Did things feel different than last year? And maybe this is just me trying to be optimistic, but it did. I, I felt like they were having a good time. They were having fun. It's preseason. It's not mm-hmm. really that serious. Right. Um, so I guess, yeah, I am. Am I buying into the positivity Yes. Do I agree with you that there's pressure that maybe should be 
put elsewhere and we don't need to be putting this pressure on KP. Yeah, that that might be something that I could get on board with. Um, but I think with time, he's going to kind of, he's going to continue to build his confidence back up and get that consistency as a shooter. Because if he starts knocking down outside threes, I genuinely don't think anybody's going to have a problem with him. Like the defense, yeah. it, the defense, if he comes in, if he like does that thing where he's guarding someone that's out in the corner and somebody's driving and he just kind of like jabs at them and lets them go by and like the help defense isn't there, but he comes down, he drains two back-to-back threes. Mass Twitter, you might have one, <laughs> like a couple of people who are going to be like, yeah. we need, if we could just get the defense and that's valid, that's 100% <laughs> valid. But if he does that and then like maybe every quarter or every other game, he gets like two blocks, but is knocking down these threes, no one's going to care because the reality yeah. is this like, fans and i think for a long time i don't want to say for sure like moving forward but the organization has continued to prioritize offense over defense and so if they have the mindset if they're one of those teams that has the mindset of we'll just you okay yeah you might score x number of points but we'll score x plus 10 or whatever it is because we're just so lethal offensively so those are the types of things that i'm like where where are the priorities going to be and how is this team going to operate so we'll see Awesome. Uh, I, I respect you actually taking a shot at it. I appreciate I tried. It. <laughs> I really tried. <laughs> Was that the answer you were expecting, Bibbs? No, I, I definitely expected uh, you know, wait and see Always. type of answer. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I do I do stick with the wait and see let's a lot. So I'll I, I respect it. I respect <laughs> it. <laughs> so within your answer you mentioned um not putting too much pressure on KP. Mm-hmm. Uh whether it's been on Twitter or on the podcast, I've said that I believe um, the number one key for the Mavs to be successful this season is Kristaps Porzingis without mm-hmm. trying to put too much pressure on him. Right. So in theory, in your opinion, what does a successful 2022 Mavs season look like at the end of the season when it's all said and done? What is a successful season to you? Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people are saying just get out of the first round, just get out of the first round, but that's not really how I look at it. I... I want to see this team. I want to see the chemistry be there. I want to see Porzingis locked in all throughout the season and be effective come playoff time. I want to see that bubble KP there. And so Luca's going to Luca. Tim, I think is going to have another solid year. I want to see what Reggie's role looks like. I was definitely, I don't want to say concerned is not the right word, but <laughs> Sterling got in or like, Tim, or I know Josh Green started last night. That's not going to happen, yeah. even though I'm I'm a yeah. big jo- I'm still a big Josh Green fan. Same. But um, <laughs> but I want to know what Reggie's glider. role. What do you say? The sugar glider is the nickname. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I like it. I like it. But I want to see where his role is because Josh got the start. Uh, Tim got the start, but then Sterling came in before Reggie came in, and so I, that was something that I was like, I'm not going to take too much away from that. But like, what's up with that? And so, um, I think Reggie will still have a big role. But, um, but yeah, this team, I just want to see them moving in the right direction. I want to see everybody, uh, what they look like healthy and try to get a better idea of who this team can be at their ceiling and maybe, okay, what is the biggest need? Is the biggest need that secondary ball handler or is it maybe, maybe after having a season where KP is firing on all cylinders offensively is the biggest thing going out and getting that five that can play next to him. Maybe the five isn't seven feet tall, but the guy who can guard whoever or can kind of like um, 
what is what what do people always say like cover him defensively like kind of hide that um hide those weaknesses to allow him to be the weak side rim protector rather than somebody that has to bang against someone like Joel Embiid or or Nicole Jokic or just anybody that's tough down in the low post so I think really assessing where they're at especially when you look at what just happened this last season with Milwaukee and Phoenix two Mm -hmm. middle market teams that found their guys through the draft took took Milwaukee eight years to get Giannis his ring so Mm -hmm. like if anyone's like, look at how good Luca is, look at how good he is. We should get it this year or next year, like pump the brakes. I really think that in time it will happen. And I know that's mm-hmm. what everyone says, but the only way that that's going to happen is to figure out what you've got and figure out what you need. And I do think, still think that there are questions as to what the biggest need is and what can we do to get it. And also if you wait, I mean, obviously you don't want to wait, but like if you can try to find the right timing that player might just become available. That player might force his way out and say, hey, I actually do want to go play with Luca. That's where I'd like to go play. I don't have any reason to believe that that will happen like <laughs> 100%, but it, it's something that could happen or a Ben Simmons-esque situation where it's like, hey, his value is so depleted. Let's jump on it. Like, I don't know that it would be this year or next year, but at some point, I think that that's a realistic possibility. Awesome. Awesome. Um, all right. So we've established that you like to wait and see. Like mm-hmm. even with that answer, you, you didn't say, you know, fourth seed. Last year you said fourth seed, hopefully get out of the first round. This year yes. it seems like you're happy with just getting a cohesive team, mm-hmm. figuring out who we are. I mean, there's a lot of new pieces, new front office, new coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like we're in a big mystery zone right now. Like mm-hmm. we had years of Rick Carlisle. We knew what he was going to do. We knew what the team would look like. So now, yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with a wait and see approach to the season. Mm-hmm. But is there any one bold prediction that you're willing to make for this year? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you remember, I remember the last time you asked me this question, I said my answer was <laughs> the Mavericks will take out the Clippers in the 2021 playoffs <laughs> look it it might not be first round it might be set. i don't know but it's gonna happen and when i tell you that i was watching i almost <laughs> i was watching and i went back clipped it i was like i've got the tweet ready i've got the tweet ready <laughs> anyways moving on um that's tough yeah it was brutal uh but i was thinking about it i, was, I started thinking about a game two which is the worst game part two. i was watching game two and i was like are we really about to oh, let me go <laughs> anyway um I guess for this season bold prediction it's hard because kind of going back to like the whole wait and see thing that you said I my biggest thing is trying to maintain a long-term approach and to like not have the mindset that there has to be results within this next season or you are deemed a colossal failure failure I don't want to have that mindset because I don't think that's how I don't think that's how NBA teams operate they don't have these one turn like year by year goals if we don't miss it year out like that's just not how it works and so I think for this year uh as far as a success really just like a like a um like a loud playoff performance I need them to come in and show like we are if because if we go end up going against the Lakers or something and we end up going out first round or whatever like people are gonna be like, oh here we go again first round exit see you at home like one two three can or cancun on three whatever like that's not <laughs> that to me that's not a, a good measuring stick it's like right. do we come in and we give this lakers team a run for their money or like do we go in and everyone's looking at luca like i 
we thought like last year was crazy, but like this, my God, like, look at this guy, look at Porzingis go. Like I need them to come in, go into the playoffs and make some noise. That's what I want to see because I think putting themselves in a position to say, Hey, maybe we are one piece away. Maybe we're like half a piece away. And in terms of like not needing a massive star to come in, like I need them to come in and really set the tone in the West that, Hey, yeah, this Lakers team, continues to construct their roster how they will but like we are a team that you don't want to play and within this next three-year window five-year window whatever it is it's only a matter of time that's what i want to see and that's what i will kind of continue to see improvement towards that is like last year i think last year was even an improvement on that timeline with what luca did in the playoffs um i don't want to say by himself because i feel like that's not I don't think that that's like an appropriate. No, nah, you can say that on this podcast. I, I don't think that that's a, I don't think that's fair to some of the other guys. Like I know that a lot of people feel that way, but there were like there are certain things that it's just like oh you know injury COVID like there's just so many things. But like what he did was unreal. And yeah. so you go into this year, everybody's on the same page. If you go in and you make even more noise in the playoffs, yeah, that's that will be a success for me. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a very pointed question. Okay. I believe the Mavs have been predicted. I don't know. I don't remember what the poll was. I want to, it might have been the GM survey. Okay. I think we we were picked to finish seventh in the West. Higher or lower? Seventh or lower? Or do you think we'll finish above that? I think we'll finish above that. I think that that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, seventh is ridiculous because of the current state of the West. I don't think the Lakers are really going to care what their spot is as long as they, they're not having to face the play in and play more games than they'll have to. Right. Um, I don't know how Jamal, like the current progress of Jamal Murray. Um, I saw something about Kawhi Leonard potentially being ahead of schedule and coming back this season. But like, there are so many questions with so many of these teams. And obviously the trailblazers are going through another uh, significant organizational overhaul or like coaching, big, big coaching change. And so like, there are lots of questions with a lot of these teams. So to say that a guy that who's predicted who currently has a 33% chance of winning the MVP this year is going to finish seventh in the West is ridiculous to me. And I think it, I, and I think uh, who are the guys that ranked above him? I think it was KD and maybe Giannis or KD and it was KD and Giannis. Yeah. KD is not winning the MVP. Like, well, okay. (laughs) I, I never, I, last year I was was like, (laughs) last year I was going to last year. He, I did have KD picked to win the MVP, but then I was like, there's just no way with like the way these rosters keep getting constructed. Like people are going to vote for James. I don't think people will vote for Kyrie just because he's like, no, he's, I just don't see him getting votes over the other ones, but like James and like Harden and KD will get votes. They'll take votes from each other. So that's Mm -hmm. why I'm like, I just don't see that happening with the Lakers. It is a little bit different, but like, I think Luca has a better, they're not going to give it to Giannis just because of the history, like how they, how the voting goes. And so I'm like, it's not a, it's not a dead, like yeah. a clear, it's not a done deal that Luke is going to win the MVP. I'm not going to say that, right. but like the people that you have above him, I'm kind of like, I think, I think you should probably put Steph above someone like K- KD, but we'll see. I don't know. What do I know? I know nothing to be honest. So <laughs> that's just, those are just my thoughts. When I'm seeing these surveys come out, I'm like, what? N- not just the GM survey, but some of these polls, I'm like, mm, God. <laughs> is there anyone in particular you want to point out that, that, that oh, caught man. your attention? I think, um, uh... And honestly, I'm pretty bad about like, sometimes I'll start to look at them really quickly. And then I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. Um, but <laughs> some of the ones and, and really what it is, I, I don't know if I can think of one specifically, but what really bothers me is the guys that get, um, and it's not their fault. It's the size of the market. And like some of these media polls 
or uh, or like surveys, whatever they are, they all cater to the big markets. So like, you know, maybe Lamelo will be way higher than De'Aaron Fox, who and, and like just certain things that I'm like, okay, what's the logic behind that? Is it? It's really just to cater to these younger fans who might be all on the Lamelo train or all these people that are out in LA or the Bay or New York or wherever. And so those are, those are why I never really read too much or even really care for some of those like national surveys or polls or whatever they are, just because I don't like rigged is not the right word, but they're, I think they're specifically designed to cater to bigger markets. And that is something that if you know anything about me, I have a big problem with how that all works. Um, (laughs) But whatever. No, I think, uh, what was I going to say? I enjoy them because I expect the Mavs to be overlooked. Yeah. And so, like, sure. it's, okay, you think we're going to finish seventh? Fantastic. So I, I want to hear y'all, what y'all have to say at the end of the year when we're the fourth or fifth seed. So right, exactly. That's, that's that's what it does for me, personally. Yeah, that's fair. I Who was it that said, um, somebody tweeted, oh, God, I'm terrible. My memory is terrible. <laughs> um, somebody tweeted and was like, oh, the Mavs are going to finish sixth again, first round exit. And then it was like, well, we finished fifth last year if you were like <laughs> actually paying attention to anyone right. other than a big market team. Um, <laughs> and so it's the things like that that, I, that just I'm like, if you don't know, then just say you don't know. Or, or like another thing, like, oh, there was a, exactly. again, my memory is trash. I think it was a football <laughs> game. As a football game, and one of the one of the announcers was like, "I'll be honest, I did not watch many, you know, Broncos games or whatever it was last year." And I looked at my brother and I go, "I wish like NBA player or NBA announcers would say that because it is way harder to keep right. up with all these NBA teams and players and two way guys and G League guys." So I get it. Just say you haven't seen Mo Bamba play or you haven't seen like just say that, and I would be like, "Okay, that's fine, I get it." But like saying that. Right. Maxi should not be shooting a three point because he's not that like or like I'm like oh god and that that's what that's what really gets me heated so that's that's my soapbox <laughs> blasphemy it's one of those <laughs> things like I like watching other teams broadcasts yeah to figure out what what they think about our players like, yeah the Maxi is a great great one because one they either pronounce his name Wait, <clears> excuse me pronounce his name terribly way wrong or they're like surprised about something he did and it's like clearly you have never watched a Mavs game it's like, really like you, you were oh he got a mismatch right you know. there no no yeah exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right and, and what and I love being surprised by some of the announcers that do know or that have right. a really great uh just perspective and they're not like oh yeah he doesn't do this very well or he's never been in this position or so i just just saying things that are factually wrong like you said right yeah. there and so with such confidence just, yeah yeah that's the other thing so you just never know what you're gonna get but yeah there's always something to be learned on the broadcast but maybe not so much from the national <laughs> yeah you watch these other teams you watch these other teams broadcast and i've noticed that they're very high on dwight powell <laughs> a lot of them are no they comment. I feel, like you're, I feel like you're alluding to something. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying they're high on the white pile. That's all I'm saying. Hey, man. Hockey is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light up the lamp, 
you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any hockey game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net brings you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Did you have any other questions for Lauren Reese? <laughs> Uh, I did have, actually, I do have one, uh, on my other podcasts, uh, usually when, uh, I would bring guests on at the end, I would ask them, do you have any questions for us? Yes. So do you have any questions you would like to ask me and Bibbs? I always, uh, it could be personal, Mavs related, (laughs) anything. I'll try to come up. I'm going to come up with a personal one, but while you guys answer this one, my first one is, um, who do you guys expect to be the most surprising to Mavs fans? And maybe it's not someone that's in the starting lineup that people are, are more familiar with, but maybe it's one of these newer acquisitions or who do you think is going to be the biggest surprise this season? I'll let you go first, Reese. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but uh, considering how I reacted during the offseason, but um, <clears throat> Shannon Little Brother, a.k.a. Sterling Brown. <laughs> I'm actually, I, I joked a lot that, oh, my goodness, you know, 10 minutes into free agency, our first acquisition is Shannon Little Brother. And I said, I'm going to continue to call him Shannon's Little Brother until he proves, you know, that I should call him Sterling Brown. But uh, in reality, I do expect him to have not a big role, but uh, a big impact in his small role in the upcoming season when he gets minutes into the rotation. Uh, I also joked on Twitter that um, y'all told me Shannon, little brother, was a corner shooter, but I just saw him pass up his first one. So, But uh, I do expect uh, him to hit some big shots for us, possibly. Uh I said that he played for the Rockets last year, but didn't really get any minutes on a bad team. But maybe he can help us out. Uh, I, I do expect him to shock most Mavs fans because I know most Mavs fans probably just looked his numbers up instead of actually like watching him play, uh, mm-hmm. which a lot of people do. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just be honest about it. But uh, yeah, my pick is Sterling Brown. And like Bibbs, that. I saw your reaction, so yeah. I hope you have something to say. No, uh, well, you know. First of all, I'm just glad that you've come so far already with the Shannon. With, oh, I'm not, man. excuse me, Shannon, <laughs> Shannon, little brother, with, with the Shannon, little brother yeah, stuff. Brother. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you've come so far. First of all, uh, I feel sorry, like that he. I don't know how he's going to handle like his brother being indicted today. Um, that's going to be tough uh, for him. That was but, crazy. Why did you have to? I had oh, to bring it up, man. You said Shannon Brown's name on the podcast. I can't yeah. not address the fact that he's currently on his way to prison for federal. To be honest, I didn't even see Shannon Brown's name on the list. I didn't notice until you did I, that. I oh, really? Oh, yeah, you didn't know he was on there? Yeah. yeah no, he's definitely. Crazy. I didn't see him on the list, no. That's crazy. A lot of very rec- Darius A lot Miles. of people I didn't expect to be on that list. 
Yes. Yeah, was... I was going to say Darius Miles has a successful podcast. Why are you doing health insurance fraud? It's it that was you know uh, what? Yeah, we, we could talk about that. that. Could be a whole podcast by itself. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was tough to see. And again, I'm I'm hoping that it doesn't like derail anything Sterling's got going right now mm-hmm. mentally. But uh, I didn't want to say this answer, but I'm gonna do it just because I can. Oh, I gotta stay go. with. I gotta stay on brand with it. Uh, Frank Nilakita, man. Um, I feel like I they love. I feel like they love him. I feel like he's gonna be in a position to do what he needs to be doing, which is not being a point guard. He needs to be the secondary guy. He can make passes. People don't know that at all. Apparently, he can make passes. He sees the floor very well on both sides of the ball. He can be a floor general on the defensive end, uh, making sure guys are in, making the right rotations, covering up people's mistakes. Like that's what he does. And I think he's going to have like great playmaking on the defensive side, getting into passing lanes, et cetera, and starting fast breaks. Like that's the type of thing. I'm a weird person. I like defense. So <laughs> watching a player clamp somebody up. Same. It's nice. That's that's as good as like a good crossover mix for me. Like just watching somebody struggle to get by you is beautiful. Fair enough. So I just need a couple of those against like big players and big games and I'm good. I do have another question for you guys. And it's it's not it's actually not a personal one. So I'm sorry if I let you down there. But um <laughs> the question is, did you what were y'all's thoughts last night on Trey Burke not getting in the game. I can personally say I'll, I'll start this one if you if you don't mind. Um, I, I just need that other shoe to drop. It's it, we're wasting everybody's time pretending like he's not the odd man out, and I feel like his vaccination situation is making it difficult on a trade mm-hmm. because certain team people maybe not don't want to touch that. Like yeah. if you got a hundred percent vaccination rate, you're probably not going to trade for an end of the bench guy who's uh, saying he doesn't want to take the vaccine. So if it's going to be a cut and I don't know if maybe they're worried about the optics of cutting the only unvaccinated player on the team. So I, I just need it done. I need it done. I need to know that the, the roster is secure, uh, particularly Frank. <laughs> I need to be safe. Uh, so, so him being the only active player to not touch the court, I think, was probably a big sign that he's the odd man out. I think my thoughts on Trey Young not playing Bert. Uh, last night can be summed up in Trey. I said Trey Young. Wow, I do that. I, I've done that too. I've done that too. I have done that exact thing. <laughs> that okay. would have been insane. But um, Trey Burke not playing last night can be summed up in a very short answer. Um, I did not realize that he didn't get in the game until someone mentioned it on Twitter (laughs) after the game. So if they just wanted to, you know, rip the bandaid off, (laughs) I was having too much fun watching the game to be thinking about Trey Burke. And I mean, I was enjoying the people that were getting minutes. I, I saw him on the sideline a few times, you know, celebrating with the team. I was wondering, why is this dude who's not vaccinated on the sideline with my squad? But <laughs> still, uh, <laughs> um, I really didn't. It didn't even cross my mind. And then after the game, I saw someone tweeted. And I was like, wow, he really didn't get any minutes. Mm-hmm. I guess it's coming soon. So, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it was, it was, we'll see. We'll, yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see. Um, okay, I actually do have one final question for you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like, I, as, as you guys are talking, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm thinking of all these things. Um, my last question is, do you guys have your eyes on anyone, on any potential trade deadline 
acquisitions? Or who would you like to see? Realistic or not realistic. Take it whatever direction you want. So, I I don't know if I can put a name on it. Yeah. But I would be stunned if we don't make a move for that secondary playmaker. I, I would be completely shocked and stunned. And I do believe it'll be a package around some of our younger guys. I think there's some veteran types that are on teams that maybe have high hopes that they might get a shot at a play in or playoff. And as the season goes along, they're going to realize that's not happening. They want to release that vet to a team that is headed to the playoffs and get some young talent in return. And I I definitely would be stunned if that doesn't occur, Uh, whether it's second half of the season, like right before the deadline, whatever the case may be. Fair. I can't Mm. put a name on it though. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to jinx anything. Yeah. Also true. Really I, I feel like I have spoken some things into fruition, but I'm not, I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna test fate. Did we lose Reese? He's thinking hard over there. I think. Oh wait, is he frozen? No, no, no. Oh, there he is. There he is. There okay. he is. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, oh man, that's tough. I I have two in my head, but that one is an easy answer, and one is a very bold prediction. So. <laughs> okay. That's, the, it's easy answer, the easy answer is Goran Dragic. That's mm-hmm. just, that's an easy answer. I can't see him being in Toronto for the entire season. Even if it's not to us, I see him going somewhere else and actually uh, competing on a team. My bold prediction, which is very unlikely, is I don't think we trade for anyone. I think John Wall gets bought out. Because I would like to see John Wall on the Mavericks. And there's literally no way possible we can trade for John Wall without <laughs> trading Porzingis. And that's a yeah. no for me. So mm-hmm. uh, a buyout would be the only option. But realistically, I would say Goran Dragic. Fair enough. Fair enough. Safe answer. Interesting. I like that. That is uh, that is a bold prediction. We will see. I was halfway alluding to Goran Dragic to being on my short list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You are very much alluding to that. <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't want to put the name out nah, there. I said, yeah. fine, I'll do it for you, but no. <laughs> it's okay. It was it was a little bit of telepathy going on there. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. It's, it's the chemistry. I, I, I That's got right. You. I got you. That's funny. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So well, no he, personal questions you were able to come up oh with. Oh, man. That. No, I, no, no. I, I want to come up with one. I want to come up with one on the spot. I guess I kind of want to know more about like you guys what you guys do away because obviously i feel like i have a pretty good idea of who you guys are on sports twitter but i don't know who you guys are away from sports twitter so i want to hear more about that i feel like i see a baltimore ravens flag so like i'm trying (laughs) to get to know what what else what lies beyond (laughs) the surface you want to go first uh okay yeah i'll go first uh (laughs) Me and Bibbs kind of have a lot in common, so it may be a lot of the same answers. Like, Mm -hmm. both of us are uh, very big and, well, not big in film, but uh, big film fans. Not just, you know, the casual movies. We'll see films that most people don't really know or speak about. Uh, I'm from Baltimore, and I found out Bibbs was from Baltimore as well. It's the Baltimore (laughs) Ravens flag in the back. I am not a Ravens fan. I am a New Orleans Saints fan. Uh, I know a lot of people ask how that happened. Uh, 
Uh-huh. Um, I was more of a basketball fan growing up. Not much football. Didn't watch much football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 2006, I watched a bit of college football, and I saw Reggie Bush, and I said, this guy's the most amazing player I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Whichever team he goes to, I'll support that team. And uh, I was a fan of the Saints because of Reggie Bush. And then it just became a love of the team, and now I'm just in a toxic relationship <laughs> with the New Orleans Saints. That's funny. Uh, I like it. Toxic it's very much a relationship. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the song Foolish by Ashanti, but I feel like it, you know, it uh, <laughs> it covers the relationship between me and the Saints so well. Uh, you know, my days are cold without them, but, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, besides really sports is it's crazy sports is most of my personality outside of movies. I feel that. Uh, if you want to consider professional wrestling a sport, which I do, I grew up loving that. It's a kind of like a in my family type of thing. So mm-hmm. movies, sports, still working a nine to five, doing two podcasts and a YouTube. Like, you know, it it's gets it gets pretty hectic, but you know, as long as I enjoy doing it, I'll keep doing it. The minute I stop enjoying doing it, I'll tell Bibbs, hey, you got to find another (laughs) co-host. There you go. I would not look forward to that day. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think Reese, I think Reese pretty uh, pretty much covered it. I think uh, movies is my my second passion. I've been a sports fan all my life. I uh, was a military brat. That's why I'm Dallas Mavericks. I was in Texas for four years when I was young. My uncle bought me a Jason Kidd rookie jersey. Wow. Just kind of stuck. Uh, Baltimore Ravens. I was living in the Maryland area uh, when the team got there, and that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, so that was it. Was like, hey, I, I want to cheer for a team near from where I'm from. Right. Uh, like, I, I don't want to have a bunch of random teams. Uh, I was actually a 49ers fan before that um, because I'm living in Texas. Shot? Living in Texas, I had to be different. <laughs> I had to be different. Like everybody was Cowboys fans. Mm-hmm. I was like, who do who do y'all hate? The 49ers? Cool. I'm a 49ers fan. <laughs> Uh, that's funny and that was six-year-old bit so let's just let you know this has always been my personality yeah. <laughs> it's always been there huh yeah, that's right so it's so funny. yeah movies that was in like the 80s right you know what i'm gonna let that slide <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna let that slide it was the early 90s so here we go got you. Um, J- jerry rice all that good stuff so anyway so yeah that's so awesome. I do write movie reviews for a couple websites still. Oh, that's so cool. I did not know that. Yeah, so I write for it's two two uh, websites on the fan side of the network. I write movie reviews. Uh, I've gotten in touch with a lot of directors and producers. I've got IMDB credits piling up now from uh, helping <laughs> out with movies. Uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy both sides of it. Uh, I've interviewed a lot of really awesome people. Um Coleman Domingo's a, a guy that I got to interview a couple years ago. He's been in Candyman, um, Fear the Walking Dead, like a whole bunch of stuff. And it's just anytime I interview someone, I feel like I have a stake in their career, and that that goes for you too. So, yeah. so I, I just enjoy like connecting with people and 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 bringing that into my life. I'm back in school right now, so nine to five podcast, oh writing reviews. Like as soon as we get off of here, I got an assignment I got to do, and I have an article I need to write. So, uh, burning the candle on like twelve different ends right now. Um, I'll be done with school in a few months, so that'll be. I'll, I'll find something else to replace that time with. Man, 
Jeez, you guys are some busy guys. Yeah, well, now I feel even worse about having to be like, can we push till 7.30? <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Oh, God. No, I'm when just Bix glad we told were able to me, I said, I just text back. I said, okay. Once again, I've told you three times I'm not doing anything today. <laughs> so oh, well, I was we... free. I wasn't doing anything. Uh, good deal. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a dang, I lost a word. It doesn't matter. But, um, <laughs> Fibs to what you said, I will never get on your back again about you not being active on the Fibs <laughs> Corner in the film podcast because school alone uh, takes up both of those, I'm sure. So, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll sympathize with you. Oh, yeah, school, that's a lot. School that's has been a problem, I will say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been a problem. Uh, but we can't let you go. Um, we're going to close this out soon, but we can't let you go. You asked us about our lives outside of what we know, mm-hmm. what we get on Twitter. So tell us a little bit more about Lauren. Oh, man. Well, let's see. Let's see. I am a big, I'm actually a really big like concert person. And so I'm starting, like when I was in high school, I don't know why this is the direction that I chose to take this. Because like you guys said, sports is pretty much outside of my nine to five. I work in public accounting uh, and tax. And so outside of that, it's pretty much all sports. But beyond that, I guess, is really concerts. I'm a big, big concert person. I try to see like all throughout high school, all the money that I made pretty much went towards concerts. And I would try to get as close as I could, see as many different people as I could, all different types of music, except country. That's just not my jam. Um, But I would try to (laughs) really just see as many people as I could. And then when I got into college, obviously not a whole lot of extra money lying around. Um, But yeah, so that kind of came to a stop. And then COVID came, that completely went to a stop. And now I have like big girl job, got a little bit more, more money in the bank. And so now concerts are starting to pick back up and I'm really trying to kind of get back into that because I absolutely love concerts and some of the smaller ones, I mean, my best concerts that I've been to are the smaller ones, but I, that is a big, big thing for me. And so, yeah, I, there are so many times where I'll go to a concert and I'll be like, oh my God, this is the greatest video ever. Like, I can't wait for everyone to see it. Cause I know they're going to care so much about my concert experience. Um, but then I never tweet it because I imagine somebody else opening it and I'm like, I'm not going to give, like, <laughs> it's just not going to be the same. And so, but yeah, I think definitely, I think outside of sports music, I'm always listening to music, always listen or always trying to find concerts and new things to go to. But yeah, it's, I'd say that's probably my biggest, my biggest interest outside of basketball. That's probably something I forgot to mention to, uh, is music. Yep. I look forward every Friday to new music dropping. Yeah. Uh, me and Bibb share the same taste in music. Uh, I agree. Uh, country is not my jam either. <laughs> I can listen. I listen to hip-hop, R&B, pop, you know, uh, metal, rock. I cannot get with country. But uh, yes. what's your favorite concert experience? Because me personally, I've only been to two. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second one was earlier this week. I went to a J. Cole concert. Oh, that's awesome. I, um, my first one was a J. Cole concert in 2017. So okay. I assume you've been to much more than two concerts. So if you can, you know, break it down to one, what is your favorite experience? Um, God. I, so I have to say 
and I'll, okay, I do have two things that I will share, but because I know my favorite experience, people are going to be like, people will absolutely roast me for it. And that's fine. I, I welcome it. It's totally fine. <laughs> but I will say like my best concert experience is probably the one that kind of started the whole concert obsession. And my first con, well, my first concert or my first general admission concert, let me phrase it that way, um, was actually to a band called Walk the Moon. They sing Shut Up and Dance. Um, and so I went and I saw them and they had like this they had this one song where it was I don't even know how to explain it I don't know music like I'm not like a musician so I don't know the terms but like they had this moment where it was so loud and like everything went really quiet I didn't know what they were gonna do I knew the song but I was like I can't tell what they're doing and then all of a sudden like the lights just like shot on and they just like came in and they all jumped at the same time and landed at the same time as the music like came out and they had like lasers like go up on the crowd and I was like oh my God, this is the most mind blowing experience ever. <laughs> and so that like, that like got me hooked on concerts. And anytime anyone came into town, I was like, I don't care. $10 in the bank. However many, like, I don't care. I'm going like, I'm going to find a way to go. And so um, <laughs> that was kind of like one of my best concert experience. I will say like my actual favorite concert experience, just because it was so random. Um, Selena Gomez had an album that was like, the revival album was like I, it was a good album it was a good album and i'll die on that i'll die on that hill i don't care um but i went to her concert like last minute bought a pit ticket showed up i went with like some people but we were all sitting in different places i was in the pit showed up way late and ran down to the pit and i was standing behind a spotlight and i was like well this sucks but like i'm also touching the stage so like we'll see and then right before they came, she came out, they removed the spotlight because it was for like the opener. And so I was like, I got the best seat in the house. And I showed up like five minutes before it started. <laughs> and she ended up like grabbing my hand while she was like singing. And I was like, <gasps> oh and she gosh. like her outfits she was wearing. I think the, her whole tour was like, I think like Gucci did all her, or it might've been Louis. It was probably Louis, but like her outfits were just unreal. And I was like, this is the most crazy experience. If I can ever get like a pit ticket to an arena, it's worth it. Like that was the craziest thing because she just like reached down and grabbed my hand. I was like, Oh my God. So it was, it was, that was, that was a big one for me. It was awesome. <laughs> Is she good? She was good live. I've always. Yes. Questioned, you know, so, so uh, I'll be honest. I will be honest really? because I was like, look, <laughs> here's the thing with, here's the thing with Selena Gomez. Like I, I don't, I wouldn't be like, Oh yeah. Like one of the best artists out there or like, she's known for how talented she like, that's not really what I think about just because she does so many other things. Mm -hmm. But then at the time when this was the time when I was like, it doesn't matter who's coming to town, I'm going. And so I looked at what the album was at that time. And I'm like, I had no idea how many hits she has. Like, it was like hands to myself. Good for you. Kill him with kindness. Like it just kept going. And I was like, I know all these songs. And so I was like, I'm going. And it was awesome. Her dancers were insane. Like I said, the outfits, I'm really big on like the outfits, the lights, the sets, like, how do you, put on a show and so especially if it's in an arena like I will say I went to a beaver one time not mm -mm. I was I genuinely left like no that was that was bad oh and wow so, wow yeah and I've never felt that way about a concert and I I wow. like I like beaver and so I was disappointed and I don't <clears throat> like that feeling especially when you shell out some money to go say. to go to go do that so I'm very big on like how do I feel going like leaving was I like whoa or was I like Neh, or was I like mm. so um yeah I that those are I always like being caught by surprise because I didn't know what to expect with Selena but I was like if I can get a pit ticket we'll just see how it goes and it ended up being like crazy and uh 
Joe Jonas is like Cake by the Ocean. It was that whole era, so they opened up for her. So he was also right there. And I, was like, oh I love God, that song. Jonas, Jonas brother. And so it was like, you know, it was just like a whole, it was a whole experience. But yeah, I love concerts. So if you want to roast me for Selena oh, Gomez being my so favorite much. concert, totally fine. I'll take never, it. Never that, never that. <laughs> the way you feel about con I can tell the way you feel about concerts is the same way I feel about wrestling events. I grew up yeah. going to them if I could go to one. For a while I couldn't, but once I went to my first one and experienced it, I said, Okay, I'm gonna try my best not to miss one as a kid. Yeah. I had to ask my mom and then I drag her along. So, you know, <laughs> uh, she would fun. go? She what still a trooper. Won't let me forget. She would go. She like, you know, awesome. she, I used to force her to watch things. So she knew yeah. some of, you know, the wrestlers on television, but she would never let me forget when I was a kid and I wanted to go to a show and it was on her birthday. Oh, she still went. <laughs> she still went. <laughs> oh, she did it. That's your mom, your she mom deserves went. an award for that. That's amazing. I love that. You better always have the chicken out of the freezer when she got home. After that, <laughs> look. If I was a parent, I'd be like, "Look, might have to miss this one, buddy." <laughs> yeah. Honestly. On my birthday, I don't know about that. Oh wow! But you know, I, I never. She never lets me forget it, and I love her to death for it. There you go. It wasn't a bad show. She enjoyed us. <laughs> you sure? I know. I was gonna say, <laughs> were you even paying attention? To her? <laughs> Did you even look at her once? <laughs> Did she even come in? Look, you were... She gave me a lot of leniency. She just keep the okay? car warm. <laughs> I remember I went to my first one. I was like seven or eight when I went to my first one. Mm -hmm. And the crowd started chanting and they were cursing. And I looked over at her and she was like, just this one time. And I said, cool. <laughs> it was just hell. But that's awesome. At seven or eight, you know. I mean, yeah. she didn't know what I was saying when she wasn't around, so I had to keep up the appearance. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how it always goes, right? She sounds like a great woman. Um, she does. Awesome. Uh, did you have anything else you might want to throw out there while we're here? Mm, let's see. Let's see. Mm, mm, let me think. Do you actually? Okay. Actual. I, I basketball related question. Um, I don't know that I've interacted with you guys on the Ben Simmons situation. So without opening a can of worms, what do you guys think about that situation in Philly? Did you guys ever think about it with Dallas? Like, where are you guys at with that? And and maybe, I don't know, where do you think he will end up? But just, just in general, where, wherever you want to take that. You got it or you um, want me to go in first? I already know what I want to say. First. All right. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so I think it was clear to me that that was doomed long term. I think that they probably should have acted on it last year when they had the chance. Uh, I almost feel sorry for Philly because it feels like they're in an impossible situation where they have to trade him and everybody knows they have to trade him. And he's not cheap. So you can't just trade him anywhere for any particular person. Like you're going to have to get something real back, which it's going to be very difficult. Um, him mm -hmm. sacrificing money and not realizing he was sacrificing money just makes him look that much dumber. Uh, as far as the Mavs, that thought has not crossed my mind at all. Yeah. I, I don't like him. I never have. Uh, like even coming out of college, 
you know, he couldn't shoot and he didn't want to shoot. And I said, you know, he's great. He can do pretty much everything else. If he's serious, he'll work on a shot. And he just hasn't. It just has not been something he has done. He just seems to be comfortable with what he is. And then I think there were some comments this week about him saying that the team got too good too fast and he was given unnecessary pressure. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, what, what is your goal? Like, why are you, it was something along those lines. It was like, uh, you know, he doesn't get to develop like other guys his age because the team was a contender really quickly. And it's like, dude, what are you, are you making excuses for yourself? Yeah. Come on, man. So I, 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 I want no parts of Ben Simmons. I don't know where he's going to end up. I hope he's able to return it around and save face for his career or whatever but nothing i've heard from him nothing i've seen from him excites me for him i I, if he has fans i feel sorry for them personally (laughs) um just to get the first part out the way i i've never thought about him on the Mavs once the trade uh rumors came up it's just not a scenario that i think would fit uh I, i think it'll be a terrible fit to be honest uh, we talk about KP as far as lack of, you know, uh, for lack of a t- better term, energy on the court, uh, feeling engaged or looking engaged. And you think Ben Simmons is going to come with anything different? I think no. Uh, but as far as their situation goes, uh, I kind of saw both sides for a while. For a while, I understood both sides. I think both sides were wrong in their own way. <clears throat> but as more information came out, it's starting to be like 65 Ben Simmons and like 35 Philadelphia because Joel Embiid mentioned something that I never really thought of where he was like, you know, we did all of this. He was like, I can play with anyone. And I believe him based on his skill set. So he can play with anyone. And Mm -hmm. they did all of this, all of these pieces, all these players they added were to benefit Ben Simmons game, not bringing back Jimmy Butler was to bring benefit Ben Simmons game and he felt it was a bit disrespectful to say he felt like he can't play with Joel Embiid or the team anymore. I think Ben Simmons issue isn't talent. I don't even think Ben Simmons has to be able to shoot the ball. It's his mentality. He's not aggressive on offense at all. A lot of people say, oh, well, Ben Simmons can, you know, uh, do what Giannis does. And I think that's underrating what Giannis does because you see clips he has a clear lane to the basket and he'll stop and pass the ball. And it's like, bro, you're six foot ten, built like a Greek god, just attack the basket. Like, that's all you have to do. And he's a great finisher. So I don't understand why he doesn't do it. Um, I always said I would like to see him uh, a team built around him, but like I said, once Joel and B came up with those comments, the team really was built around Ben. Joel was just the star. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where he's going to end up. I know two teams I felt for a while. I would like to see him on his um, Indiana or San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see how Rick Carlos uh, Benson. I think they already a necessary rebuild, and I think they have pieces that Philadelphia could use, like a Malcolm Brogdon or uh, uh uh, TJ Warren or something like that. Mm-hmm. San Antonio, uh, I would love to see Greg Popovich coach Ben Simmons. Like, see what he can do with this kid. Mold this kid into what he's supposed to be because 
The only person holding Ben Simmons back at this point is himself. Interesting. Yeah, that's fair. But no, don't come anywhere near Dallas. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think if you see sixes on the caller ID, don't even pick up the phone. <laughs> Unless they're giving a Seth back. <laughs> no, on, that on, okay. on that note, <laughs> <laughs> on, on that note, <laughs> all right, Lauren. I think we have taken up enough of your time. You know, on the Mavs Outsiders, we do like to talk about a little bit of everything. So I'm glad we were able to do that. I think we got to know you a little bit better. You got to know us a little bit better. Uh, I think we're definitely pulling for you. Enjoy seeing your your reports from the sidelines and things of that nature. So keep doing what you're doing, and uh, hopefully we get to do this again next year. For sure. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no problem. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. <laughs>